from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. We're in the month of June. If I told you we're already in June in 2023, would you believe me? Maybe, maybe not. So check this out. Packed show today. I'm on my way to Data Connectors. This is a live show, by the way. So hello to Bill. Dobre utra, Vladimir. Hey, Larry. Hey, Eddie. What's happening, y'all? Thank you for being here. Thank you for everyone watching us on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. I see all of y'all. I see your comments. I appreciate every single one of you. If you're in Atlanta and you haven't signed up to hang out with me in just a little bit, like literally in about an hour, I'll be over at the Data Connectors event here in Buckhead in Atlanta. Do it right now. Go to dataconnectors.com. Use the CyberHub podcast uh, coupon code to get your free pass to the event. Come hang out. Say hi. Let's kick it. It's going to be an awesome, awesome uh, panel this afternoon as well. Um, so you don't want to miss it. I'll be doing some live content from there as well. So uh, make sure you tune in to that as well. So um, it's, let's get the show going. But before we do that, uh, a cup of coffee. Uh, Bill's got his coffee ready in Austin. I've got my double espresso here. Well, so this is like a semi, this is a longo espresso. It's not really a double because I've had like three of them already this morning. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. And with that being said, let's go ahead and kick off with researchers at Eclipsium discovering hundreds of motherboard models made by Taiwanese computer uh, component giant Gigabyte include backdoor functionality that could pose a significant risk to many, many organizations. Specifically, the researchers determined that the firmware on many gigabyte system drops a Windows binary that is executed when the OS boots up. The dropped file then downloads and runs another payload fetched from the gigabyte servers. The payload is actually downloaded over an insecure connection like an HTTP or an improperly configured HTTPS. The file's legitimacy is not ever verified. There's no evidence that this is being leveraged for malicious purposes at this time, it could be something where there's a weakness within the gigabyte backdoor or a legitimate malicious insider uh, as a result of the company being compromised, whether it be through a cyber event or through espionage um, or through the uh, uh, the Chinese have been, you know, that they're known to do this. This reminds me of the story Um about six years ago, I was sitting at a dinner with a bunch of uh, CISOs in Israel, and one of them shares a story of how um, the Chinese tried to plant backdoors and equipment they were ordering from Malaysia that was going to Taiwan and then making it to Israel. When they started examining the boards, they found that the Malaysian factory actually had a bunch of uh, Chinese spies working there, and they were sabotaging specific orders and planning back doors at the Malaysian plant that was building one small component of a bigger board. And looking at this, this got me thinking this could be a similar scenario, especially knowing what we know geopolitically between China and Taiwan and China's, you know, kind of one Taiwan uh, policy, one China policy is really just taking over Taiwan. When they take over Taiwan, the political, um, and the geopolitical influence that China would have would be magnificent. It'd be amazing because 95% of semiconductors come out of Taiwan. You own that production, you halt that production. You've got countries knocking at your door going like, Hey, you got to let this container ship out your port. We, we need these to even keep our digital economy afloat. And 
uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see the Chinese already enacting a multi-year plan because that's how they typically operate to do something along these lines. So if you've got these gigabytes boards, one, you want to double check kind of these boards, uh, whether internally if you've got the skills or externally through a trusted third party that can validate. Additionally, you want to really watch the, the, the processes that these boards boot up on your Windows machine you want to really be tracking your network for these anomalous behavior. If you do so, you'll probably be able to catch it and realize if you're one of it. Now, again, this isn't every single gigabyte board. That's that's the one aspect to this. It's it's seldom. And so you kind of have to look at your threat assessment. Who are my customers? Who am I serving? Who who Who's my vendor? And could I potentially be a point that someone wants to get to? Toyota finds more misconfigured servers leaking customer information. This is now the second time Toyota is reporting this. The first time it impacted customers in Japan. This time, now that they've found, uh, they've conducted a thorough investigation on all cloud environments managed by the Toyota Connected Corporation, um, and they found over exposed uh, location data of over two million customers for over ten years. Um, They've additionally found that some of the data containing customer information had been potentially accessible externally. The first cloud service was uh, for customers in Asia and Oceania between October 16 and May of 23, meaning they literally just fixed it. The database, uh, which uh, should have only been accessible to dealers and service providers, was publicly exposed. It leaked address name, phone number, email address, customer ID, vehicle registration number, and the VIN. The second cloud instance was exposed between February and May of this, February of 2015 to May of this year. So that's just a little over eight years. Contained less sensitive data related to car navigation system. The data includes the in-vehicle device ID, map data updates, and data creation dates. Uh, No location data of approximately 260,000 customers in Japan. So we obviously find the idea of connected cars to be even a greater risk personally, but Toyota's shown you just how hard it is to actually manage cloud environments. And if you don't get that under control, uh, if you don't get your cloud under control, you're, you're, you're in a world of hurt. We move to Black Hat ransomware striking with lightning speeds and tactics. The threat actor behind Black Hat has come up with a new and improved variant that prioritizes speed and stealth in an attempt to bypass security guardrails and achieve their goal. The new version dubbed Sphinx and was announced in February of this year packs a number of updated capabilities that strengthened the group's efforts to evade detection according to IBM Security X-Force in a new analysis. The product was first highlighted by the VX Underground in April of this year. Trend Micro last month detailed the Linux version of Sphinx. Black Cat, also called Nebarius, is the first Rust-language-based ransomware strain spotted in the wild, active since at least November of 21, uh, 2021. It has emerged as a formidable ransomware actor, victimizing more than 350 targets as of May of 2023. The group, like other ransomware as a service offering, is known to operate a double uh, extortion scheme deploying uh, custom data exfil tools like XMatter and to siphon sensitive data prior to encryption. Initial access is typically obtained through a network of actors called initial access brokers who employ off-the-shelf information stealer malware to harvest legitimate credentials. Uh, Black Hat's also been observed uh, to share overlaps with Black Matter, uh, according to Cisco, Talos, and Kaspersky. So these guys are back. They're moving at record speed. They're encrypting um, and they're um, hiding and evading your security tools. So again, defense in depth, zero trust, anomalous behavior should be immediately investigated um, and, and you should manage identities very, very well. 
Zexel Firewall continues to get exploited in ongoing attacks. CVE 2023 28771 is wrecking havoc across with patches released on April 25th, warning users to update their products. And still to this day, many products remain, uh, haven't been patched yet. And so we're seeing uh, numerous events take place where threat actors are taking advantage of it to gain access, including the Mirai botnet really uh, pouncing on this specific vulnerability and this unpatched uh, devices to really launch and uh, denial of service attacks using these uh, unpatched um, routers and, and firewalls. And so you got to get these stuff patched. Uh, everything's in the show notes, by the way. Go check that out. Chrome 114 has been released. It fixes 18 security issues, including 13 that resolve vulnerabilities reported by external researchers. Uh, all in all, based on the awarded bug banner, the most important of these is CVE 2023 29er, an out-of-bounds right issue in Swift Shader. Security researcher Juan Zhang received 15000 for reporting the flaw, Google noted. Next in line was CV 2023-2930, used after free bug in extensions for which Google handed out a $10,000 bounty. So you want to get your Chrome updated. The state of Montana is working on efforts to pass a privacy legislation uh, with the fact that we now know that there's nothing like this really uh, coming on the federal side, not at least until 2025. So states are stepping up. Montana Governor uh, Greg Guinefortis signed the state's own privacy law, SB 384, which advocates say is one of the strongest privacy bills passed in the state of Montana. Montana State Senator Daniel Zelenikov, who introduced the legislation, uh, has told Recorded Future News that he's been working to get a data privacy bill passed in the state since 2013. This is, by the way, the same state that passed cybersecurity. Oh, no, sorry, that's North Dakota. Get them confused. North Dakota took them like eight or nine years to pass uh, cybersecurity legislation for the classroom to teach cyber. So here it took 11 years and it just shows you the challenges of our, uh, of, of why we, we have so many challenges is because it takes 11 years to 10 years to get a law passed. Um, that, that shouldn't be the case. And, and the federal government doesn't really move and states have to take responsibility for their citizens. Uh, the bill's been modeled off Connecticut and not off a of CCPA. Um, which is also very interesting. Montana joins California, Colorado, and Connecticut with the most consumer-friendly data privacy bills passed so far. A Matt Schwartz, a policy analyst at Consumer Reports, has been tracking data privacy bills across the country and lauded Montana's bill for including the right of consumers to access, delete, and stop the sale of their personal information. They've also noted that Consumer Reports worked with lawmakers to improve legislation by adding a universal opt-out provision and removing certain exemptions. The bill bans the use of so-called dark patterns in obtaining consent, something the FTC has repeatedly raised concern about. The term refers to tactics like disguising ads to look like independent content, making it difficult for consumers to cancel subscriptions or charges. So Montana is there. Virginia is there. Connecticut is there. Colorado is there. And Utah is there. And now Montana, Tennessee has also uh, Governor Lee a friend of the show, has also signed a comprehensive data privacy bill in the law last week uh, that's been heavily criticized for including numerous loopholes um, and considering it a weaker bill, but nonetheless a bill that can always get fixed on the back end. So there's that there as well. So Texas, whose one of the biggest issues is the Senate version, which included a universal opt-out provision 
while the House version did not. So we'll see if Texas actually gets through. Florida is also working on a bill that will likely get passed at the end of this year, especially now that their governor, DeSantis, has announced this candidacy for the president of the United States. You're likely going to see him really touch on technology uh, to separate himself from the field of additional candidates and privacy as well. So you'll see that coming from Florida. and You'll see it coming from additional states as well here in the next probably year or so. So, folks... Privacy bills, they're on the way. More regulation, more compliance, more bureaucracy, and, and more people you're going to have to hire that, that actually understand this if you're a practitioner. Because guess what? You're going to have, if you've got customers in Montana, you're going to need to comply with Montana's bill and so forth and so forth. So there's that. Finally, a bipartisan bill is being introduced to strengthen cybersecurity collaboration between the U.S. and countries in the uh, historic Abraham Accords, the 2020 Agreement that normalized diplomatic relations between Israel, the UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, Sudan, and others, uh, and hopefully Saudi Arabia in the near future. There was a conversation already facilitated between Prime Minister Netanyahu and MBS, the uh, uh, ruler over in the Saudi uh, region. Um, a first phone call between those leaders that was publicly, uh, at least publicly known to, to, to the publics. Now this bill uh, being introduced by a bipartisan bill being introduced by uh, Senator Jackie uh, Rosen over of Nevada is one of the five lawmakers co-sponsoring it, talking about fostering unprecedented level of security co cooperation between the U.S., Israel, and the Arab partners in the Gulf states and northern Africa that are part of this. While Iran continues their holist, uh, hostile cyber activities, this bill aims to create a deeper and more lasting cooperation um, against such threat actors so this bill is now making its way through the senate it'll likely go to the house and if passed will make its way to the president's desk to be signed so there's some news there as well that's it for the show i'll see y'all in a little bit at data connectors if you're there come by say hello uh, grab a sticker grab some swag hang out get some great content and check out don and uh her, the amazing show and work she puts on at data connectors See y'all there in just a little bit. Until then, have a great rest of your day. We'll be back Monday with a brand new show, so make sure to subscribe. Most importantly, y'all, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.